Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Wild Wasteland. As always, I'm Dean Maldonado, and with me is the hyper-caffeinated Michael Johnson. Thank you. I have two cups of coffee, and I want some a double shot. Double shot of espresso energy coffee mixed coffee. Yeah, it's basically an energy drink plus coffee plus espresso. Mm. It's uh, it's really, really good for your bowels, I've been told. Yeah. No, I don't know like, if that's true. Just ripping through them, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, an analgesiac? No, that's not it. Uh, no, that's what uh, Kanye is called, right? Yes, an anal Yeezyac, yes. <laughs> I'm selling a new shot called the Yeezy Shot. It's a double... It's called that Yeezy Yak. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kanye, stick to clothes. You already told Sway that he didn't know and he didn't have the answers, and then you sold a $60 t-shirt, and you're still doing well. You're selling all Gildan products, so it's not like it's costing you much. Mm. Either way. Yeah, let's get into it, dude. So... Uh, today we're going to talk about some British shit because they have like an insanely long history. So there's a lot of things to pick from. You oh know? my god! Yeah, they are the beginning of history, aren't they? No. Yeah, that's where like all people. No, came they from. stole a lot of things from around the world. Okay, right. it doesn't mean they're the beginning right. of history. They're the beginning of stealing shit from other people and calling eh, it theirs. Sure. You know that tea isn't from Britain. Mind blowing. What? Really. Yeah. Are you and kidding? Curry. Yeah. No, they they found that other places. No, yeah. no way. Like where? Like, don't tell me China. If you say Italy? China, I'm gonna smack you. They got it from Italy. Makes sense. Africa? Yeah. America. Zimbabwe specifically. British tea. It was great. It was called British tea in Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just didn't. They didn't really get the uh, the whole the whole concept of uh, of name brand. You know, they're yeah. like, this works. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, I, I don't mind. Yeah, it's like that beer. Indian pale ale? Not mm. actually from India. No. No, 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 no. Uh, say, if anything, there's a lot of uh, very sober kids in India, so if you're drinking right now, finish your beer. Pour a little out for the, the dying <clears throat> Indians. So, obviously, because they have such an expansive history, we're going to talk about the, uh, the very late 1800s and early 1900s. Oh, my favorite period of time. I know, because like, I can talk about things, and you're like, yeah, they had uh, telegraphs back then? Electric motors? And it's like, yeah, don't worry, don't worry. It's it's not that, that far off. Yeah. So this is kind of uh, my response to Michael's puffery episode, is my own puffery episode. <laughs> oh, oh, where you actually plan things out and research it and like blow me out of the water because mine was looking up three words on YouTube? Well, we're going to start with uh, <laughs> this man, uh, Sir Edward Marshall Hall. Ooh. Uh, he Did was, he invent halls? That'd be so cool, but no. Oh. No, he was just named after halls, the cough drop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love the cough drop so much, I'm going to name my son's I'm, surname after my, it. My son's last name will reflect my favorite little drop. I don't know why his mom's like an Irish elf, I, but... <laughs> Uh, give me some of those cough drops there, laddie. Lossie. <laughs> that's Lossie. A, that's all Uncle Remus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get me. Uh, my, scro- my throat's a bit scratchy. Did you say your scrotum is scratchy? My or scrotum's th- a bit scratchy. Wow. I don't even want to get into that. Aye. So he was born uh, September 16th, 1858, and died at 68 years old um, in 1927. Well, there you go. Thanks for listening. That's been the whole... <laughs> bing, bing, boom, we're done. <laughs> Another one for the books. 
He lived, he died, it's over. Thanks Gulsey for Span. Tell them they got some uh, men on the street in Chicago <laughs> over here ready to tell you about the the man that we didn't even tell you his like nickname <laughs> that he's known by. So what what this guy do between life and death? <laughs> so he was known as uh, the Great Orator. Oh, what what's an orator? An orator. Uh, sorry, he's a great defender. I'm so sorry. He's okay. he, he is an orator. I keep calling him the great orator in my head. Yeah. Because he was not a lawyer. I mean, he was technically, but he was known as an orator, which like was the little pin in his side the entirety of his life. Oh, that's gotta suck. Yeah, because he was not like a great lawyer, and so like he was just like he was really well known in uh the daily papers that came out. So so not, so, so so he's called no the great defender. Okay. But, so no one's confused. An orator is the 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 woman that sucks the dick before the porno, right? The fluffer, right? No. Okay. What is an orator? All right. An or I like that you know the professional term for a fluffer. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a that was a job description. Well, you gotta keep the uh, the, the stallions how, ready for the uh, for the for the video. I don't know how you can interview for that in 2020 without getting me tooed. Um, you gotta suck on a banana. Yeah, I guess so. They give you a carrot, and they see if you can just like take the first top rinds off. Uh, somehow you made the carrot come. Uh. Interesting. Uh, all right, get Bobby in here. <laughs> well, <laughs> so he was known as the Great Defender because uh, he was an orator and lawyer who defended people who were accused of these like big ticket, like notorious murders. Ooh, man, yeah, and um. Because back in the day, you know, the public actually found it very interesting to know about, like, the day-to-day happenings of court trials because they weren't coming out with fucking sitcoms or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was your friends. Yeah. Uh, the great defender and orators. Exactly. He was like, actually, there's a lot of things. If you look into Edward Marshall Hall, anyone listening, he actually, there's a lot of different um, uh, novels and movies and things on, along those lines that either he is in namesake the the main character or the main character is kind of based on him the same way that uh whatever that dude what's uh what's his name um the uncle in uh in farside who is based on uh hunter s thompson uncle hunter that's it no 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 no, no. it's something to do with gonzo or can't remember right now but like yeah they like it wasn't like it was either like a like a a version of him as a character, or he was actually the main character uh, for a lot of books and movie series and TV shows and everything. He's really, really well, uh, I guess, not him, but his character is prolific. Really? Hunter S. Thompson's character? Or are we talking about somebody associated with the Hunter S. Thompson? Like- oh, I'm so sorry. You you were obviously not paying attention because there's cicadas <laughs> out this year. Um, yeah. And Michael really likes to go hunting for their full shells. Yeah. Uh, so I sometimes have to wrangle him back. I put a little leash on him, so he can't get too, too far. But Well, and the bell. Uh, well, the bell is just so he can tell me if he has to pee and go out. That way I can unlock the door. Oh, God, he ran away again. But either way, we're talking about Edward Marshall Hall, uh, who, the great defender, obviously. But um, they gave him that name during a 1907 trial known as the Camden Town Murder. So... I like the sound of that. I thought you would. The the what is it called again? The Camden Town Murder. The Camden Town Murder. So, uh, Camden Town ladies sing your song. Murder, murder. 
Camtown lady, sing your That's song. That's Camptown. This is Camden. Camden Town Murder, sing your song, Murder. Camden is uh, known in, in London. It's uh, where Amy Winehouse used to live, and that's where uh, she died also. Uh, no, she didn't want to go to rehab. No, so no, she got no. murdered. No, no, no. Uh, either way, so on September 12th, 1907, Bertram Shaw returned home to find his fiance naked on the bed with her throat cut from ear to ear. Oh, the Cecilia necktie. Now, nothing was stolen. And so in the initial investigation, because Except for her life, because Bertram went to the police, like they were like, okay, mm-hmm. you're obviously not a suspect. Uh, and they focused on this guy, Robert Wood, Ooh. because they found a postcard in the bedroom and they figured out that it was his handwriting. Oh. So they try and pin the whole thing on him. Uh, and what the postcard say? Do you know? It was just like a, it was like a, like a romantic thing, and uh, he was in a relationship with a different person as well. Man, so. that'd be real awkward if you're like, it was like an affair kind yeah, of, like, like setup. You know, you're sending po- sexy postcards to this chick, and then she winds up getting murdered by someone who isn't you. You're like, ah, how am I suspect number? He's the husband, right? yeah, but he came to the cops to report it. That's not suspect. And if I would say one thing, that would be the most suspect. Yeah, I guess not in 1907. Yeah, they, did they um, have detectives yet? <laughs> yeah, they did. Dude, Scotland Yard is a boss motherfucking institution. Oh, it's the we'll do Scotland we'll do a full Yard. episode on Scotland Yard eventually. Ooh, I love because they come up a good amount in this episode. Uh, so Robert Wood is uh, set to hang mm-hmm. for the murder when Marshall Hall takes the case, and he was known for being like very dramatic in his oration. And he would do cross examination, which was not very big back then. Whoa, he would. What was? Isn't cross examination like the, the biggest thing now? That's crazy. It's very very useful. Yeah, he would like cross examine witnesses. He would talk directly to the jury, mm-hmm. um, and that's why the papers loved him too. Nah, it was very easy to write about him. He had great quotes, uh, and the the jury actually decided to acquit Robert Wood. In 15 minutes of deliberation, and when they announced that they were going to acquit him, the entire courthouse cheered. <laughs> what? Yeah, he like he because the way he presented this case when he had Wood on the, on the stand was like asking him straight up. He's like, "Did you murder her? You're under like oath," and he was like not responding. And then he was like, kept asking him in these different ways, and like they got he he really just got the jury on his side and got everyone in the courthouse on this guy's side because he felt that Robert Wood was innocent and got everyone to believe that. Uh, After that, he took on a few, like a ton of other cases. His most famous, we're going to talk about in a different episode. Oh. It's called the Green Bicycle Case. Ooh, what happens in it? It doesn't involve a green bicycle? It does. Interesting. It does, oddly enough. Wow. Yeah. It's not like a novel? Like the Green Bicycle and it's like nothing is about it. Like Citizen Kane... Doesn't have a fucking cane in it, but it has citizens. I guess you're right. I get that. Is a good Maybe one of them's named Kane. I guess the main character's name is Kane. I don't know. I've never seen it. I think it does. Mainly because everyone's like, "Oh, it's their citizen Kane." I'm mm-hmm. like, "Ah, uh, sure." Yeah, it's their best. It's their best piece of work. Our citizen Kane is a killdozer. No, it's not. Our citizen Kane is. Uh, episode 29, Satanic Bible. No, it's episode 53, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. 
No, it's not. It's uh, fucking episode nine astrology. That's eleven. Thank you. Nine yeah. eleven. Gotta love it. Nine is either uh, way. So uh, the Phila- the Philadelphia experiment, or no, the Rainbow experiment. Check out Project Rainbow. Yeah, Project Rainbow episode nine. That's a good one. That's a really good one with the yeah. guys phasing through the walls and everything. Yeah, that's fucking sick. Okay, oh, either way. The uh, <laughs> so famously, the Great Defender would turn down certain cases if he didn't believe that the person was innocent. Ah, he was a. A, he was an a, honest upright person, lawyer. Yeah, and that was the thing. Is like he's like I, you know, because he puts so much of himself into each trial. Yeah, that he's, if he doesn't believe it, he can't sell it. And he's not going to do it, and he doesn't want to help you. Mm-hmm. And so, in 1910, he was approached to take the trial of this man, Holly Harvey Crippen. Uh, Sounds guilty to me. We call him Dr. Crippen because it's a lot easier than Holly Harvey Crippen. You know? I don't know. Holly Harvey Crippen. Holly Harvey. Holly. Holly. Holly Harvey. That's H A W L E Y. Holly. 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 Like the fucking Pixar movie? Holly. Holly. Yeah. Who'd he murder? A lot of fat people. Okay. Dude, he turned off the gravity multiple times, and these people have never walked or no, touched not, the floor. Not the, not the Pixar movie, the real oh, story. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, the trial of Dr. Crippen. Thank you. Sorry. I was just about to say, like, Wally. Never mind. We'll get to that later. Well, they ate the fat people. You don't see a lot of cows on the movie Wally. They're just eating dead people. No, they weren't. Everything was a liquid. Yeah, they reprocessed people. It was people. all... Whatever. Fuck off. Uh, so... He famously took the case of Dr. Crippen, and then after spending a, a f- like two maybe three sessions talking to him about the case, yeah, he recused himself and was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna help this guy because I don't believe that he didn't kill his wife." <gasps> so not good for Wally. No. So Dr. Crippen was born September 11th, 1862. Never forget. Right. Uh, he was from Coldwater, Michigan. Ooh. And attended the University of Michigan and then went to uh, the Cleveland Homeopathic Medical College to finish his degree. Where's that in? Uh, I think it's in uh, Boise, Idaho. Oh. Yeah, the Cleveland Homeopathic Medical College <laughs> is definitely in Boise. Um, and a guy from Michigan would definitely go all the way to Idaho for school. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So he was an American homeopath, ear and eye specialist, and then a and a medicine dispenser. Ah, of course. So basically, a snake oil salesman with mm. a degree. I've got this liquid. It's going to clear your eyes and your ears. Mm-hmm. Put it's it in both at the same time. <laughs> so uh, Crippen's first wife, Charlotte, died of a stroke in 1892 and left him with a two-year-old son, which he then gave to his parents in California. He moved to New York City, where he marries his second wife. Her name is uh, Corinne Turner, and she goes by Cora. Now, she is a an aspiring music hall singer at that time, so like a jazz club singer. Ah. Uh, what a wonderful profession. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Listen, as a person who is a majored in theater in college, there's yeah. a reason that they say... Uh, what was it? Uh, acting and prostitution are the two oldest professions, or something like that. I've never heard that. But where they go hand in glove, or they go, uh, you know, 
dick and clap, whatever it is. I don't remember how it goes. So she wasn't making a lot of money with the acting. Well, she wasn't acting. She was singing. Right. And so uh, they get married, and he moves with her to London, England in 1897. So... Interestingly enough, he actually, uh, his American degrees and licenses don't transfer internationally because it's the early 1900s. Yeah, how do, like, how do you get that stuff over? You can't, like, you just carry the document. email. What are you going to, like, someone going to tap it out? <laughs> Your transcripts are coming in uh, any minute now. Yeah, one letter at a time. <laughs> he well, is... described just viciously <laughs> pulling out diplomas. <laughs> And, like, faking different signatures. Yeah, no, you could get away with anything at the turn of the century. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm a doctor. Well, so he started working for this uh, company called uh, Dr. Munyon's Homeopathic Pharmaceutical Company. That sounds familiar. It's actually, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty well-known, Dr. Munyon's. We'll do another episode on it. So, Ooh, doctors, Dr. Munyon's Onions. Can't wait. Yeah, it's like Famous Amos. Ooh, what's he sell? Cookies. Oh, yum. Mmm, cookies. Cures uh, <laughs> cancer. So, Crippen, obviously, being a wonderful employee, <laughs> spends all of his time managing his wife's stage career and gets sacked after two years. Mm. Somehow, uh, within a year, he becomes the manager of a uh, institution for the deaf. Okay. And... Uh, when he got hired on, he's like, well, I need somebody to type out all these things I'm going to be telling you. So <laughs> He can't even sign language? No. He, he, hired, he hired a typist uh, named Ethel Lee Nave. Oh. And uh, she goes by Lenev. Yeah, that's a name you don't really hear all that much anymore. Ethel. Ethel. Ethel? Yeah, it's an old lady name. Yeah. Um, like Karen. Not a lot of new Karens coming out. I'm sure next year is going to be a very, very small year for Karens. Uh, but by 1905, obviously, Dr. Crippen and Lenev were fucking. Oh, she cheating on him? She well, cheating on his, her husband? His, yeah, yeah. She's. I mean, Cora's been cheating on him the entire time. Damn, dude. And he, like, he like knows it because, like, he also kind of, like, was like, you know, you can use this to, to get ahead. Oh, he's and pimping her out. Lightly. Um... But they're still married. Yeah. And so he starts cheating on her with Lenev in 1905. Mm. And then the same year, after moving a shit ton of times, Mm -hmm. he and Cora move into Camden in London, where they bought a house. They have this big house. um, And they would take in lodgers to supplement their income. They would, like, rent out rooms. Yeah, I bet they took in some lodgers. Well, I'll tell you, Cora, his yeah. wife, yeah, cuckolded, cuckolded, cuckolded Doctor Crippen with one of his lodgers, uh, and in turn, Crippen then uh, openly took Lenev as his mistress <gasps> in 1908. See, that's a thing that used to exist the mm-hmm. the mistress, the uh, the like the, the legal mistress. Yeah, yeah, like I'm gonna have you can cuckold all over the. Uh, uh, the patrons of the, the our lodging, but I will have a legal mistress, and I will file her under our taxes. Yeah, right. And I will get a tax break. She doesn't get anything, but I will get the tax money break. So after a party 
on the thirty first of January, nineteen ten. Sex party or just regular party? Just a regular party. Uh, they just okay. had a big party. PBR. Cora disappeared. Where'd she go? No one knew. Mm. Now they asked Crippen, and he claimed that she went back to the U.S., where she died. Yeah, classic move. And then she was cremated in California. Oh. <laughs> This sounds very H.H. Uh, H. Holmes. And so at the same time, because he's so smooth, mm-hmm. uh, Lenev moved in, starts wearing Cora's old clothes and her old jewelry and shit. <laughs> uh, and so one of Cora's friends, a person that we'll talk about in another episode as well, her name is Kate Williams, but they, she she's well known as Volcana. Well, Russian. Yeah. No, she's a British uh, strong woman from the early 1900s. Ah, give me a triangle to lift above my head. But I guess she was a she was a good friend of the superintendent of the Scotland Yard and Cora. Ooh. And so she was like, she told him, she's like, hey, I haven't seen her in forever. Can you look into it? Can you just have someone look into it? And uh, so the, the chief inspector of the Scotland Yard, this guy, um, what's his name? Walter Dew. Ooh. This guy, Walter Dew. Just uh, he interviews Crippen, and he's like, "Listen, that story's bullshit, man." Tell uh, say it like he would. Come on, Walter Dew. Right, come now. That story's a load of books. You know it. I know it. Tell the truth. Come on, I, I tell thinking, the truth. I was thinking more Scooby Doo. Now, Rutro. Oh, exactly. That's a board of bullocks, Reggie. Well, so the so so Dew was like he interviewed him. And Crippen was like, yeah, you're right. That's not the real story. Uh, damn. I was really embarrassed. Okay. She fell in love with an American musician and fled back to America with him. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to get divorced. And so mm-hmm. I just didn't tell anyone. I just made up a different story. Solid alibi. And they're like, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So they right? let him go. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and so he and Lenev, you know, they go they go back to their house and they calmly pack all of their things. Uh get the fuck out as soon as possible. Get on a train, go to Brussels, stay at one night in a hotel using different names and paying in cash. They then go to Antwerp and they board a boat that is going from Antwerp <laughs> all the way to Canada. Which actually was like their biggest mistake. Mm. If they had gone to the U.S., he would have got. They he would have been fine. Gone, yeah. Because Crippen was a U.S. citizen, and yeah. there was no such thing as extradition back then. They're like, we don't even, we can't even get his transcripts. Yeah, but Canada's part of the uh, Canada at this point is literally still like a state of England. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, bad move. He should have known that. He lived at that time. Mm-hmm. What a dummy. Well, so they're. Uh, they're on a boat headed for Canada, and uh, Crippen obviously couldn't cheap out enough. If he'd gone for third class, oh, he would have gotten away. No one would have ever seen him. He would have oh, been like very, very, very below deck. But he went for like second class, so he like wasn't first class and like paying a ton. And yeah. they they disguised Lenev as a boy, <laughs> who was just okay. his like companion. Well, back in the day, you would have boys. Yeah, just carrying your luggage, especially yeah. if he was like a rich man who's yeah, just, going second class. Yeah, like back in the day, you'd have a mistress and you'd have a boy and you'd have a wife, and all three of them are getting you know something at some point. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> fucked mm-hmm. up shit. But so after they disappeared, Scotland Yard is like, "Fuck, man, where'd he go? Let's yeah. go search for some clothes." 
we were just about to throw this out the window, but now he's doing suspicious shit. We're gonna get Volcana and a sledgehammer. We're going to town. <laughs> and they did. They they ripped apart the uh, the basement and they found a body buried under the brick floor in the basement. <sighs> um, and like they like the torso was still intact. Mm-hmm. And um, so that became news while they were on the ship. Remember, Ooh. it takes weeks to get across the channel. <laughs> yeah. It takes weeks to get across the Atlantic. I guess plane zone inv- aren't invented yet. Exactly. Mm. And so the captain of the ship, because they once they that happens, like they get they get news every day. Mm-hmm. And he recognized the two and he sent a telegram saying, Have strong suspicions that Crippen London Seller murderer and accomplice are among saloon passengers. Yeah. Mustache taken off, growing beard. Mm-hmm. Accomplice dressed as boy. Manner and build undoubtedly a girl. <laughs> the boy's got like, he's rocking uh, C cup tits. <laughs> Those don't exist yet. No one's obese here. Yeah, in right? The, in the past. That baggy shirt ain't hiding shit, lady. Uh, and I'm take that a, hat off. I'm just a boy. We all know it's under there. Uh, and so, so they 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 get that to Chief Inspector Walter Dew, and he's like, "I'm gonna get this son of a bitch." This, these motherfuckers. So he gets on the fastest ship of the time. What is what was, is that? It was uh this one specific company that's no longer existing that was uh, like a big passenger ship and East and shipping Indi- East India co- Company. No, I think it's called like White Sail. Oh, okay. Um, but it went from Liverpool to Quebec, mm. uh, because. Crippen had gotten to they like were about to get close to land mm-hmm. and so he got to Quebec before Crippen's boat got there oh shit dude. he then gets on the boat at Quebec mm-hmm. and do is disguised as a pilot oh. it's like okay he walks up to Crippen on the fucking boat and he uh he says he removed his pilot's cap and said, Good morning, Dr. Crippen. Do you know me? I'm Chief Inspector Dew from Scotland Yard. <gasps> After a long pause, yeah, Crippen replied, Thank God it's over. Oh. He goes, The suspense had been too great. I couldn't stand it any longer. He held out his wrist for the handcuffs. What? They got arrested um, on, the bo- on the boat, um, July 31st, 1910, mm-hmm. and Crippen was returned to England on the next boat. Damn. So the great defender obviously initially took the case and then was like, I think you killed your wife. And so mm-hmm. he was like, I'm not going to take this. And for the first batch of witnesses in the prosecution, there were all these pathologists who had tested the torso. Mm-hmm. And out of like 30 of them, 29 were like, ah, I can't prove anything. That's, it might be a boy's body for all we know. And there was this one pathologist named Bernard Spilsbury. Okay. Who Spilsbury we'll get to in a, in a hot second. Okay. Because he stood out. He was the actual one who uh, was able to prove that it was her torso because he found on the torso a specific scar Mm. on the abdomen that was in Cora's medical history. So just any type of research, really. Exactly. And then also, <laughs> well, he also found um, large quantities of the toxic compound hyacin. Was that uh, like cocaine of the day? No, it's used to treat motion sickness and vomiting. Oh, 
strange. Is to like decrease saliva before surgery. It like dries you up, I guess. And she must have taken it and because she was on a boat or something. No, th- she this this is from the the torso that's buried in his basement. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the wife that got murdered. She was like on a boat or something before. No, he 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 was a pathologist. He probably injected oh. her a shit ton of stuff. Okay, so she can pass out. Oh, and, and Crippen had bought that drug at the local chemist. Well, bef- there you go. Well, before okay. the murder. Uh, fool! What a fool this man is. Why would he even do it? <laughs> like he's okay. If he was okay with her, you know, cheating around or whatever, why would he murder? Like it makes no sense. Um, I know. And the funny thing is that like because, uh, Crippen didn't get the, the the great defender he got this guy alfred tobin who oh, that guy just sounds like a he was like he was like okay uh-huh. um but he maintained the defense he was like you know uh actually cora fled with this man bruce miller and uh had been living at the house uh since 1905 mm-hmm. and the previous owner was probably uh responsible for the remains in the basement Sounds like a solid defense. And then they're like, and that scar that you're showing is uh, just folded tissue that you're using uh, to uh, try and be something that's not. Oh. So Spillsbury gets up and he goes, he's like, well, the sebaceous glands uh, appeared at the ends and not in the middle of the scar. And so other evidence of that means that it is true scarring and not a fold. And he like just gets very technical about it. And they're like, oh, fuck, fuck. And uh, yeah, there was other evidence of like different like pajamas that he had bought, and like the the manufacturer is like, yes, we have the receipt that he bought this. Oh man. Um, they and so him. they they caught him. He never <clears throat> the the uh the jury found him guilty in twenty seven minutes. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty fast deliber- deliberation. Well, to modern standards, I don't know how that is back in the day. Back in the day, that's still very very fast. <laughs> Shit. Uh, he never gave a reason for doing it. Makes no sense. And yeah. they hanged him, uh, November twenty third, nineteen ten, in London. Now, supposedly in the thirties, uh, Lenev met with some like lord when she was in Australia and said that he had killed her because she contracted syphilis. But nothing, none of that was ever proved, and it's all just hearsay. Ah, well. But so, Bernard Spilsbury is a very interesting man who took part in a shit ton of cases. There were, like, major, major, major cases. So this is, like, CSI, 18th century to ni- early 19th century. Basically, dude. He, 20th, uh, he was a British century. pathologist who was, like, he would just come into a courtroom and just, it was so much... It was so like compelling, and he just commanded so much authority and attention. There's a there's there's a series of novels ri- written about him called uh, "Brides in the Bath Murders." I thought you were gonna say Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so he was a major player in the in the Crippen case, uh, also in the Seddon case, which was uh, Frederick Seddon who poisoned one of his lodgers in 1912 with arsenic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the Major Armstrong poisonings, which we'll talk about in a different episode, because that guy, Major Armstrong, is fucking insane. Well, this is like a this is like a preview to like eight other episodes. Yeah, but it's actually just future. one thing. Cause, oh. Because <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, so he was... Spilsbury actually was known for a few things, but uh, in Scotland Yard, he developed what's, co- what's called the murder bag. Which Ooh. is the bag you take to a murder site, like to with all the shit somebody. that you, no, all the shit you need oh. to like take evidence, like good evidence, like bags and gloves, and like 
And they still use his, his uh, murder bag to this day. What? Modern detective uh, work? Get out of here, Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> it's like, that's not my name. It's Spillsbury. Not Pillsbury. That's my brother. Uh, he also is known because he did work with this uh, thing called Operation Mincemeat. Ooh. Which is the last thing I'm going to tell you about in this episode. Because I think this is wonderful. I can't wait. So this Operation is also been so exciting and cool. And Operation Mincemeat was a 1943 Allied operation during the war mm. to disguise their invasion of Sicily to take it back from Axis powers. Now, this is World War Two. World War Two, yeah, 1943. Because the war could be World War One. No, that's the Great War. Yeah, the you know, war to end all wars. We know what that one is. British people are like the war, and it's like which one? <laughs> one of them. So. Here's Operation Mincemeat, all right? Now, this was taken from a uh, this, like, British naval officer who just was, like, writing letters and was like, this could be a great thing to do one day. And, like, everyone's like, uh, that's insane. But it's been used by, like, the U.S. We've done it before. They've done it a lot. Like, it's been used a lot. It's a great tactic. Is it? Um, I have one question. Yes? Is this about meat pies? No, that would be the Sweeney Todd tactic, sir. Ah, the Sweeney Todd tactic. Yeah, that's the, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. <laughs> Throwing up that Fleet Street. Uh, we give them meat pies made of people, and then they all kill each other to eat more meat pies. Yes. So, two members of British intelligence uh, found this body mm-hmm. of a well-known like local idiot. <laughs> this guy was like would always walk around being like they should make me lord but he's like hammered all the time he's like, just like the town drunk are you, make, are you mocking me no and okay. he uh he died of eating rat poison so I'm not mocking you okay this man was clinically dumb <laughs> um but what they did and this is Operation Mincemeat they dressed him up as an officer of the Royal Marines and they uh created a fictitious Captain William Martin and they made him into the into Captain William Martin. They put a bunch of personal items on him and, and things to identify him. Also correspondence between Allied generals, fake correspondence, talking about invading Greece and Sardinia. That way the Axis powers would be like, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Put all put all of our defenses against Greece and Sardinia. And they did, and they had no defenses in Sicily, and they took Sicily in, like, two days with, like, zero casualties, basically. Really? Yeah. Wait, so what Wait. What did they do with the dead guy's body? Right. So they, um, first off, they take the body to Bernard Spilsbury. Okay. Oh, yes, this uh, amazing um, pathologist. pathologist yeah, because well, the- they're like, listen, this is our plan. He's like, it's wonderful. Let's make sure that this body will look like it died the way that it like that you want which would be a yeah. submarine crash Germans yeah um and so like he w- he went through this whole thing about like how the impact would look oh. how the how much water would be in the lungs how much it would like decay by the time they would have found him but he also noted he's like this is great that we're doing it in Italian waters because mm-hmm. uh, uh and, uh sorry Spanish waters and Italian waters because they're like 
both countries are very, very Catholic, and they are not likely to do a post-mortem exam. They're not likely to cut the person open. Even better. I thought you were going to say because it's very rocky and very dangerous waters. So no, no, it makes no. They, sense. they were like, because they're so Catholic, they're like, what, you found him floating in the ocean? Okay, he drowned. Uh, we just, uh, it just makes sense to us. Mm-hmm. Well, so they they even made him a fictitious girlfriend, and they gave him a photo to carry around with him. They gave him two love letters from Pam, his Ooh. girlfriend, and a receipt for a diamond engagement ring. Uh, he also had a book of stamps on him, a silver cross, cigarettes, matches, a pencil stub, keys, a receipt for a new shirt, a bunch of other crap. I love how the how they're making this guy's life more interesting than it actually was. Exactly. Also, <laughs> like I love how much time they spent on his like relationship quadrant because they're like if he gets caught that's like the most realistic thing in the world yeah uh and so (laughs) what they did was they they took him in a submarine they took the body in a submarine just off the coast of spain Mm -hmm. um and they like let him float up and he was found by a fisherman the next morning and because spain was neutral that's also why it was called the spanish flu is because spain was the only one that was very neutral and would disseminate information to the world yeah uh, they disseminated the documents they found on him to both Allied and Axis sides. That way they wouldn't be seen as going either way. And so the <laughs> Germans received that from the Spanish. Yeah. And so they moved all their shit, and the Allies took Sicily in like two days. Wow. But that's, oper- I, that's Operation Mincemeat. That's crazy. And here I thought it was because the Italians are um, wimps. <laughs> fuck off. Italians <laughs> aren't wimps. Just like a bunch of fuck... Who, who you, told you that, huh? You know the shortest book ever written? What? Italian war heroes. Ouch. There are none. No, it's just it's just different uh, brands of, of motor oil that they used to torture <laughs> victims in World War II. They're like, drink up, manja, manja, manja. Let's eat. I know. You're eating motor oil. Oh my god, you've got you've got more problems than you, you know, need right now. You didn't now. know about Mussolini and all that shit, dude. He would he would make prisoners of war just drink motor oil until they died. Jeez, it's good for forty thousand miles though. Yeah, and he made the trains run on time, so yeah, you gotta give him some heard. cred, yeah. some photo cred. I heard that that wasn't true though. It's not. Yeah, it's, there's it's something like, it's, there. It's like it's like the like saying the line is Luke, I am your father. It's technically no, I am I'm your father. Because that would have sounded really bad in mo- in the movie. No, Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> He's like, how do you know about my father? You don't even know him. He was a good man. He's like, no. I am your father. And all the Germans are like, ah, duh. Yeah. Yeah. His, no. His name is Doc Father. No, it's not. Not in German, I don't think. Darth, I think it's Darth I think it's Vader. In, isn't it in like uh, it's it's like in Finland or some weird. Well, well, Vader is father in German, and you're right. Dark is Dunkel, but yeah. Darth Vader, Dunkel Vader, pretty similar. Oh, it's made of chocolate. Yeah, mm. I mm. want to bite his little head off. This is my my dad's favorite impression when we were kids. Was the uh, was the the caterpillar from Bugs Life? The ooh, candy corn. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that one. Uh, but hey, uh, thanks for tuning back in. We we love you. Um, stay vigilant, stay wild, and. Tune in every single week. Tell all of your friends and family. Just get your grandparents' cell phone. Subscribe on Spotify. They won't know it hit them, but we yeah. need the numbers. So, please help us. We're fighting the good fight for you. We are, and my fucking fingers are getting 
tense. Really? I just I just don't want to get suicided for all the thousands of documents I have. Right. The the hundreds of dollars of penny 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 per page documents that you uh, had to invest for the I know. podcast. Now I understand what lawyers go through. <sighs> That's why they have to get paid so much. Because a court document can cost up to $3. Jesus Christ. <gasps> they deserve $300 an hour. Oh, my God. All right. Goodbye, everyone. I love you. Thanks for listening. And uh, stay tuned for future episodes. Go fuck yourself. Damn it. Bye. Fuck. <laughs>